Welcome everyone, this is the Random Angst Podcast, this is episode two, and my name is Justin, and my co-host, Mark Fisher, and today is August 10th, 2017, and we have completed our first episode a couple weeks ago after a seven-month break, but now we're back only a couple weeks later, so I think we're making some progress. Instead of a seven-month hiatus, it's only been a couple of weeks. And so far, we've getting our feet wet. We're enjoying what, we, what we're doing, what we're hearing. But we've also realized there's a lot left to learn. And not only on the technical side of things, as far as recording and editing and all that fun stuff, but also just presentation. I think we have a lot of good stuff to say. We just need to figure out the best way to present that. So looking forward to learning and being hanging out with my co-host Mark, and what what have you been up to lately, Mark? As far as nerdery and uh, books, comics, all that fun stuff. You know, I have really been into watching uh, the the X Men reboot. You know, the first class and uh, all those with the you know James McAvoy and the new. The new group. I've been watching all of those. I've just been really, really into those lately. Um, I have constantly been checking Jim Butcher's website. I don't know if anyone else reads the Dresden Files. Uh, I am a big fan. I have been waiting for the announcement of the release of Peace Talks, and uh, so far I've been disappointed. So if you are looking for a new series or anything, um, sci-fi fantasy type book Jim Butcher's the way to go Uh, he has a couple different series that I love but the one that I think you should pick up is the Dresden Files Justin's read it I I think you like it Um, yeah it's good yeah it's definitely something that's that's kind of what I've been up to lately Um, you know seeing seeing movies just waiting for uh, new books to release I'm you know I'm on the Game of Thrones bandwagon like everyone else and Makes cool. me wonder how much the uh, series is going to differ from the actual book when it releases in like 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> have you been watching the, the new season? I have. It's been really good, actually. A lot of, uh, of storyline coming out, a lot of resolution. Everyone's been waiting to see what's going to happen when Daenerys comes you know, to Westeros and uh, gets over there. Now she's there. You know, we get to see it. And it hasn't disappointed so far. I don't want to ruin if there's people out there that haven't seen it, but a lot of action, a lot of great things. Um, You know, each episode has been better than the last episode. And uh, from what I've read from, or not read, but what I've I've seen from different uh, um, YouTube videos, different things like that, reviews, this next episode's going to, be even better it's about when uh it's about fighting the white walkers and apparently we're gonna see that we're gonna see Jon snow go out and fight some white walkers and i can't wait yeah from what i've seen it looks amazing i've only seen tidbits clips here and there and it looks like like what you're saying you know daenerys finally reaches westeros which has kind of been teased and planned for for years at least in the books and then for the, the series for the past couple of years. So I'm sure it's awesome to finally see that. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it'll be an exciting event. Uh, I mean, it, if you go on YouTube, you can see all sorts of videos when people are watching it, and people are just getting so excited. Um, so I'm excited. I, I really like to see some resolution and some storylines, bring some stuff together. I, people that have read the books, you kind of know what I'm talking about. There's a million storylines, and they're everywhere. And you kind of start seeing them get come together at the end of the last book. Uh, but I hope it keeps coming together in the books because it's time to start winding down. Let's get some resolution in the books. Um, seems like the last two books have been really story building with nothing happening. And so yeah. I'm excited to move it forward. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get book six. Is it? Uh, yeah. Six. Hopefully we'll get that at some point. Uh, I wonder how, like you said, how much is going to differ than, than the move, the, the show on HBO. Definitely. I mean, we'll see. there's a couple big things that automatically differed. If you saw the end of the last season, um, it was, you know, quite a few people died in it that were a completely different way. Is that going to change the storyline? Is that not? Uh, you know, who knows? Um, from what uh, I've heard, George R. R. Martin has said that it will differ from his actual book, but you wonder how much. And I, I would think, in my opinion, it's actually going to differ quite a bit. And my reasoning is because I don't think George R. R. Martin would want to ruin the book yeah. for the people that have been waiting so long because I mean it's been how long has it been well the first book came out in 96 because I picked it up in 98 and started reading when book 2 came out I think it was that's when I started reading it and so it's been over 20 years yeah 20 years uh, for you know 6 book series that's a long time yeah so I'm I mean, thinking that he he'll write it so it it supplements the show or the show supplements the book. I don't know if I haven't seen the last this latest latest season, so I don't know if that's even possible. But hopefully they play off each other where they don't cancel each other out. They just kind of support each other. I think that'd be the best resolution to it all. Definitely, yeah. I mean, could be good. It's just hard to say what's hap- going to happen. He was supposed to have the book announced the first of this year we're now in august i don't expect it anytime yeah. soon yeah. i think if anybody's you know waiting every day checking stuff you're wasting your time just it, it'll happen and yeah uh, probably you know be old men and in nursing homes by then who knows yeah yeah it's a great story though so convention season is in full force right now there was obviously san diego comic-con that we talked about last time there's been a couple other conventions and for us here in in utah salt lake city comic-con is coming up at the end of september and we will be going to that and mark and i have had plenty of discussions about salt lake comic-con and its potential and how good it's been how frustrating it's been you know the the whole range of emotions and we have I think the biggest thing that we're frustrated about is it has the potential to be awesome but yet it's not and so Mark has some thoughts about that and we'll we'll talk about that if you want to you know let let us know how you're feeling and what you're thinking about Salt Lake Comic Con and how it compares to the other ones 
Exactly. Yeah, let us know what you like about the Comic-Con here in Salt Lake, what you don't like, what you want to change. We obviously have opinions that are going to differ from everybody else. I am very critical of it. I talk to Justin all the time, tell him it, you know, what I think about it, and it's definitely not great all the time, but I love it. Uh, Justin, Like Justin said, we went to the very first one they had here in 2013, and it was an amazing fiasco. Um, both amazing and a fiasco. Uh, it was... It was insane. So we showed up, and they have this line that literally wraps around the building, like, twice. And so people are getting each other's lines. No one knows where to get tickets. The people don't know how to get you tickets, but eventually everyone gets in. And they were expecting 15,000 people, maybe, at most, 10,000 and 70 to 80,000 people showed up. Uh, the fire department had to start turning people away. That's how many people came. It was it was great. Uh, I loved it for what it was. I mean, at that year, Adam West was there, Burt Ward. I'm a big Batman Robin fan. I definitely got their autographs. William Shatner was there. Yep. Kevin Sorbo, Lou Ferrigno was there. You know, he was kind of like the, the main man. Richard Hatch was there. Uh, Stan Lee showed up. It was great. There was a lot of good things going for the very, very first Comic-Con. And it showed a lot of promise, and I was excited for it. I definitely had criticism. Their li- you know, criticisms, their lines were... Nobody knew. Nobody knew what to do with the line. So, you know, I was really frustrated about that, but it's our first Comic-Con. And uh, we've, you know, it only got bigger. Uh, in 2015, I think it's the biggest one they had. 127,000 people that year Chris Evans Haley Atwell came uh, that was that big year um, and then you know it just keeps going 2016 had over 120,000 who knows what it'll be this year I expect it will be somewhere right there between 125 to 130,000 people um, I, I have enjoyed it I like that Comic-Con's here I like the people they get coming I like what it does for the community and for Comic Cons and everything. But what I don't like about it is that I feel like when I go to this event, I see everything I need to see in the first two hours. Yeah. And that's it. I can spend two hours just walking around and that's it. Now all I have to do is go find when my signature is, maybe listen to one or two legitimate uh, panels. Yeah, so you're talking about the convention floor. You've seen everything in the first couple hours. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, you know, really simple. There's not a lot to see. Uh, There's some cool things. The Lego guys come every year. You've never seen that. Find the Lego guys. They have this Lego land. It's great. Uh, That's cool. I like to see that every year. But, I mean, really, there's not a whole lot on the convention floor. There's, like, maybe two or three comic salesmen. Uh then there's a hodgepodge of everything else. It's not not amazing. Um, even the panels, I've talked to Justin about the panels multiple times. It seems like the panels are, you know, talking about, say, Star Wars, something that Justin loves. You go to the thing and it's no one, nothing to do with Star Wars. The person knows nothing. They just are a blogger or some guy that really likes Star Wars. And that's it. And so... 
uh, that's kind of you know disappointing for me. You know, I I like to go to the panels. I like to listen to the the good things. Um, I, one thing I did is I started comparing it, you know, to San Diego Comic Con. Uh, when Salt Lake Comic Con came out, everyone talked about how much it's going to be like. Uh, Salt Lake Comic Con is going to be like San Diego. We're going to pass them up. We're going to be bigger. We're going to be this. We're going to be that. Yeah. Um, the the guest list alone shows the difference. It really does. Uh, right now, Salt Lake Comic Con, our headliner, our number one guy, Dick Van Dyke. That that is for real. That is not a joke, Dick Van Dyke. And is he front and center on the promotional materials and stuff? Oh yeah, yeah. front and center. He's the first name that comes up when you, you know, you search it. It, you know, that's great. He was a great actor. Yeah. I loved him in Mary Poppins when I was four years old. Yeah, it was amazing. Uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. You know, people. You know, older people know this. I think if you're under twenty five, you have no idea who Dick Van Dyke is. And uh, and really, the question is, I have is what does he do with Comic-Con? What does he have to do with Comic-Con? I think he's a great bring. I think he's a big name. People know the name, especially the old, you know, the older generation. But he, he has nothing to do with it. I, I, I scratch my head when I look at it. I look through this list. John Cusack. Joan Cusack. Great. I love their movies in the 80s and 90s. No idea what they're doing at Comic-Con. Making money. Exactly, <laughs> making money. But why, why is Dan Farr and whoever else spending time, effort, and money bringing these people here? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you need to fill the names, and I get you're going to have some filler people, but these are like your biggest draws. And you have some others, John Bernthal's there, you know, Milo Vinton, you know, me, I don't know how to say his last name, from Heroes, he's yeah. there. John Barrowman's there. Great. Gates McFadden, I'm a Next Generation fan, you know, from Star Trek. I had a crush on her for every episode I watched. Well, those are Comic-Con people. I mean, those yeah. are the people you go to Comic-Con to see because they're in sci-fi shows, they're in comic book movies or, or Netflix shows. You know, they're, that's Comic-Con. And, and it is, and I like it. And, you know, like I said, Gates McFadden, that, that's why you go. Elodie Young. You know, people like that that are that are up and coming. But then you see, like a Rob Schneider. You know, I mean, it's almost like you have as many of these filler names as you do stars. I think you have more of those filler names. Yeah, and that to me is a real drawback on what Comic Con can do here in Salt Lake. Right. You know, we're in our fifth year. The, the biggest thing is this is going to be the biggest and the best ever Comic-Con. Well, from what I've seen so far, it's now the 1st of August. We've got six weeks. Six weeks until yeah. you know, Comic-Con. And our biggest name is Dick Van Dyke. That worries me. Yeah. That worries me for where Comic-Con has gone in five years and where it will be in five years. Yeah. Yeah, they need to do something. Hopefully they're working behind the scenes. And I know for a lot of the, the big names is that they only schedule them out two weeks. Like they, have, they put them under contract to come out to the Comic-Cons two weeks prior because of 
filming schedules or you know work that they need to do so they don't want to commit three months out to something in Salt Lake City because there might be a job that opens up for them. So if they can schedule those big names so that, you know, in two weekends I'm going to be in Salt Lake City for the weekend, make, you know, however much they make, it's, it's obviously worth their time, you know, then they'll do it. But if, if it's more than a month, they'd be like, well, I got some auditions to go to over this next month. I might get a part, so I'm not going to commit to something. So I'm hoping that's what's going on. I mean, I don't know. That's that's what I've heard. I've read online that's you know that's one of the challenges that the comic cons have, is getting these big name actors, is because of the scheduling stuff. So I'm, if we don't hear anything in the next two three weeks at most, then I'll be worried. Yeah, right now I'm I'm slightly worried. I'm a little anxious that you know I paid for a VIP and what am I going to get? Dick Van Dyke, you know, big deal. Exactly. I mean, you have a good point. Justin has a great point, everyone. You know, these things are hard to schedule. These are big names, big people. They have jobs. You know, they're looking for work all the time. I have a steady job I go to eight hours a day. I'm going to do the same thing in two years. Who knows what these guys are going to be doing after they get filmed, you know, done filming the next movie. So I understand that. I think everyone can empathize with that. They can see that... It's kind of rough. But when you just take a look at it as a whole, it just seems like there's an ongoing problem with having as many filler... Yeah. Like you said, if not more filler names, as legitimate names. And that's a problem. Right. And you kind of brought something else up that's that's always bothers me. I I voiced this to you. I voiced this on uh, Salt Lake Comic Con's Facebook page. Uh... The idea of these VIP passes. I got a VIP pass, you know, the last one we went to. It was great. You know, you get all these perks. One of the perks is you get the, you know, you can use the, they give you some money, you know, some credits, whatever they want to call it, to put towards signatures. Uh, And that's great. So you can go, you know, they give you like $60 or $75, whatever it is, as a VIP, and you can use it towards getting autographs. The problem is, is that you've paid a VIP rate because you want to be the number one fan. And then they bring in these big names like Stan Lee, Jason Momoa, things like that. And you cannot use this perk on those autographs. Yeah. I just paid top dollar and I cannot use the perk that I bought for these top dollar actors. And the second part is they don't even tell you that until the person signs on. So there's this little disclaimer that says may not be available to all actors. So then someone comes up last minute, but you can't use your perk. You're out of luck. You've got to pay the same amount as everybody else, the same amount as general admission, even though I paid three times as much for my ticket. I'm paying the same amount as general admission. It just blows my mind. Blows my mind. Yeah. And then another problem is like last year. Uh, Stan Lee comes. It was amazing. I was excited. They sold tickets. Justin and I, we were there clicking. I think it came out at noon, and I was clicking my phone to get tickets, and we got them. We were so excited. And then three days later, three days later, after tickets sold out, 
after I waited in line, I bought, you know, to get an autograph, paid a lot of money. I was happy with my purchase. They came out with a better deal. Yeah. It combined a picture and an autograph for a better price with some swag. And to switch to that, you just had to buy. You just had to buy it. You couldn't, they wouldn't let you transfer your, your signature over. And the worst part is you couldn't get a refund for your for the one that you bought. So even if you wanted to upgrade, you cannot get a refund. They make you take that money and apply it to somebody else. And the joke of it is, is that somebody else isn't as much as Stan Lee, so you're out that extra amount of money. So if you paid $100 for Stan Lee's signature, and now you upgrade to their better product, so you have an extra $100, and I want to get, say, for example, Christopher Lloyd's signature, and his is only $65, I lose $35. I'm a VIP-paying customer, and you just ripped me off $35. That, that drives me nuts, and I get so frustrated about it, and I think that's one thing that Salt Lake Comic Con needs to address now. Yeah, it's a lot of. I think they're flying by the seat of their pants. At, towards the end, they're like, "Whoa, let's do this great package now." What about all these people that bought it? Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll make more money if we do this package. So let's do that. And I can't blame them for wanting to make more money and provide a better product to the customers. But at the same time, you got to reward the customers who's already paid and made it popular and sold out in the first place. You know, I can blame them. I can blame them. I'm a VIP customer. Well, yeah. Like a VIP customer. Well, the thing is, the VIP doesn't mean anything at Salt Lake Comic Con because they don't cap VIP. You know, there's not 200 VIP passes. There's however many they want to sell. So there's no, I don't even know what the perk is. You get a, a, a shirt and those vouchers for the autographs. You get more of them than the regular people. And you get, uh, you get to be in the fast track line. And I think that's all it is, really. If someone is listening to this and they're involved with Salt Lake Comic Con, or if you know Dan Farr, your buddy buddy with him, email us, message us something, tell us what is going on, help us understand why this is and how it can be fixed. Because Salt Lake Comic Con, I think both Jess and I can be amazing. It can be great. It is amazing. It is great. Yeah. We can take it to the next level. Yeah. And I think we need to point out, put a disclaimer that we're not being critical and or negative because we hate Comic Con, Salt Lake Comic Con. We're being critical because we want to have the best experience, but we're kind of not. I'd say it's, if I was to grade it, it'd be like a C, C plus. And we want it to be A, A plus. And so these are the observations that we've noticed over the past four years that we've been going. And, you know, it can be better. We want it to be better. Exactly. Yeah, like Justin said, we love Comic-Con. We go to them. We enjoy them. We've been to New York Comic-Con multiple times. There's a million problems with that, and there's a million things that they do right. There's a million things Salt Lake Comic-Con does right, and there's a million things they do wrong. And, you know, when I voice some of my opinions on... uh, the Facebook page for Salt Lake Comic Con. I got a lot of blowback. I got a lot of support. You know, I, I don't do it because I hate it. I love it. 
I do it because I can see the potential of what it can be, and the problems can be addressed now. I think if everyone is honest with themselves, they've got to say, hey, these things need to be fixed, but I love these things. Yeah. And, and that's what we're just trying to do, you know, just trying to bring up some conversation, get some feedback, you know, let's get into this together and, uh, and really support each other. So, but, you know, that's kind of what's Comic-Con. Um, right now, they're still, like I said, they're still bringing in more people. They do have great, some great, great actors there. Um, you know, if you liked Daredevil on Netflix, Punisher, you know, great. Those are current people that'll be there. There's a lot of good things there. I, I'm excited for it. I'm not quite sold if I'm getting VIP yet. Maybe Justin will talk me into it, but I doubt it. Yeah, not at this point. I wouldn't buy it. So, yeah, Salt Lake Comic Con next month. Probably talk a little bit more as hopefully they announce more guests and someone we can get excited about. And then obviously we'll be there and we'll do some live reporting or at least, you know, up to the minute reporting where we just came out of a panel and it was amazing and we're going to tell you all about it or the panel sucked and it was disappointing, you know, whatever it is. Hopefully we'll get some pictures and hopefully we'll get some interviews with some someone besides Rob Schneider, but uh, we'll, we'll be there. Uh, so moving on, movies. As far as news, the only thing that really stuck out to me was there's been some new photos released by Entertainment Weekly for Star Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, they've been all over the internet, all over Facebook, so if you're a nerd, if you're a Star Wars fan, you've probably seen them. But there's some interesting stuff. I mean, they, they've released some photos of Rey and Luke on the, the isolated island called Ak. Octu, they've released some photos of Finn and his new partner Rose, who helps him out in in some way that they really haven't revealed yet. They've re- released some photos of some creatures. I guess Luke at the end of The Force Awakens, he's on that island by himself, but you know, living in those rock huts. But apparently, there's these nun creatures who kind of look like amphibians or fish. And so they're they're living there with him, helping him out for some reason. So they got a picture of those nuns. And then there's these new creatures called porgs. And they're kind of like these little fuzzy creatures. And they're cute. I think they're, they're going for the cute factor like they did with the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi. But I don't think they're going to overthrow the Empire by themselves. So that, that'll be a little more believable, I guess. And then... Uh, just, you know, various, you know, Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher, uh, there's a photo uh, of her, there's a photo of Poe Dameron and a fighter, and, you know, so just stills, nothing too groundbreaking, but it's it's cool to see. There is a photo of Kylo Ren's new fighter, it's kind of reminiscent of Vader's TIE fighter and Darth Maul's Sith infiltrator, it's kind of a cross between those, so it looks pretty badass, so we'll see. Um, that's kind of been what I've been seeing this week from, you know, the, the internet, probably the biggest thing that I was excited about. So let me ask you something as random inks, star Wars expert. Yes. Uh, you heard, <laughs> that's me. Have you heard what they're going to do about Carrie Fisher's character. I've heard a lot of different rumors. They're 
They're not going to replace her. They, they kind of will. They're not going to CGI her. They might. Do you know, have they announced what they're going to do with that? Well, as far as a definitive, this is what we're going to do, they haven't said. They have said what they're not going to do. They aren't going to do the CGI route like they did with Rogue One. That, you know, there, so there won't be a CGI Leia in Episode Nine. They're not going to recast her. Uh, Leia's story is coming to an end in Episode Eight. Whether it's the end of Episode Eight, like there's a death scene or something like that, or if it's handled off-screen in between Episode Eight and Nine, or if like in Episode Nine it starts out with Leia's ship getting blown up and everybody's sad about. I don't know. They haven't said. But as far as recasting her for nine and her story continuing in episode nine, it's not going to happen. It's just the, the matter of how they're going to deal with it hasn't been revealed. And I think initially they didn't know how they were going to do that. Uh, I think by now they do. But they don't want to, it could potentially spoil the end of episode eight, so they're not going to say, I don't think we'll find out until, you know, after it's released and people have seen it and there's a definitive answer in the movie or. If there's speculation, they may hint at it. Because even then, I can see them, you know, not killing her off in episode eight. And then so everybody's like, okay, so she's still alive. What's she going to do? You know, what's going to happen with her? And then they won't they won't say anything for a year because they want to build that, you know, that um, curiosity. They want to, you know, let, they don't want to spoil episode nine. So I can see, I would imagine something like that happen where they don't really address it in episode eight. And then they make us wait. That's like the big cliffhanger for episode nine. You know, what happens to Leia? I can totally see them doing that. Okay. That's okay, I can see. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Uh, how about, last question on this, how about Captain Phasma? Is she still in it? Because yeah. I wanted to see more of her. I know yeah. she plays in Game of Thrones. So yeah. There might be some conflict there, but. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's, she was the most intriguing character of episode seven. Because she was there, she was she looked amazing. She was kind of the one of the authority figures, um, but they didn't do much with her. Did she go down the trash compact? Yes. Well, as far as we know, there's a there's a novel coming out, and I think a comic book was just released this week, or is going to be released in the next week or two, that addresses in between. You know what happened after we saw her in episode seven. Did she go to the trash compactor? How did she escape? All that stuff. So uh, they're going to address that in the novels in between movies, and then she'll be in episode eight. Uh, she was in some of the promotional photos from the Vanity Fair magazine last month and still has the chrome armor, but she's got this spear-like thing that she's using as a weapon. So I think she'll be more... I'm hoping she'll be more involved in episode eight. I think she has a lot of great potential to be kind of the Boba Fett of the sequel trilogy in the sense that, you know, she's this mysterious character. She's got a lot of potential, but I hope they don't kill her off as quick as they did Boba Fett. So, Yeah, definitely. I, I understand what you're saying. Boba Fett was there. He was supposed to be awesome, and then he got, e- he got eaten. I guess. Yeah. You know, 20 minutes into the movie, he's dead. He falls in the pit and dies. Well, as far as we know... They were going to do the Boba Fett prequel, or not prequel, but the Boba Fett standalone movie. And that was all in preparation. They were going to announce it at the same time that they announced Rogue One. But there was some last-minute fiasco between the director, Josh Trank, who was 
you know, in charge of the project at that time. And it was right around the time Fantastic Four came out, which he directed. And because of that mess, they canned him. Like days or even the day of that they were going to announce it at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim. Because they had, rumor came out later that they had a promotional video for the Boba Fett standalone movie that they were going to show at Celebration. And it was a last minute cancellation. So they, there is a story out there that Boba Fett survived. At least it's, you know, hinted at that he survived the Sarlacc when he died in Return of the Jedi. So. Yeah, that I, I, I remember reading something. He supposedly crawled out, right? Yeah. Teeth and crawled out. So yeah. that would have been cool. That's, that's too bad it, that got to, they got canceled. So. Yeah. But, uh, that's great. Uh, for those who didn't know, uh, girl plays Phasma as Gwendolyn Christie. She also plays Brienne of Tarth on Game of Thrones. So you never got to see her in Star Wars. So now you know who she is. No yeah. excuse. Yep. All right. So some of the trailers that have been coming out, um, there has not been a lot because they're through August. There really isn't anything interesting. Uh, there's the Annabelle creation movie. I think comes out this week. And I, I'm not going to see it because I'm not really in, into the horror movies. But just watching the trailer, I was terrified. It's, it's creepy. And it, it's pretty intense. What so, movie is that? I'm sorry. The Annabelle creation. Oh. About the yeah. doll and the house. I mean, it freaked me out just watching the trailer. No, yeah, I, I won't see that. The, the only horror movie I have any plan in seeing is It. And that's yeah. because I used to watch it when I was a little kid, and it scares the crap out of me, and I hate clowns, but I'll go see it anyway because the movie was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that comes out in September, I believe. So that'll be interesting to see. And then the Kingsman, the Golden Circle trailer, they came out with the second one. The first one it was all right, but I didn't really, I wasn't excited about it. But this new trailer looks pretty good. I mean, that's the, I guess they blow up the Kingsman first thing and then the the main character has to go to America and meet up with the spies over there so there's that cultural clash of the American cowboy versus you know the teaming up with the English proper spy so it looks pretty good uh, I don't know if I'll see it in the theaters but um, it's definitely interesting it just caught my eye and then it, like you said, comes out as well. And then Blade Runner twenty forty nine. That I'm I'm excited to see that one. The story, the continuing story of Decker. And the first Blade Runner was visually stunning. The story was kind of slow and it drug on, but it was so new and the the, the city that they were in. This the concept it was. You know, it was just really interesting to watch. It had some action, so it, it, you know, pull you back into the story. But overall, I think if I were to watch it now, I'd be, uh, this is kind of boring. So I'm hoping with this new one, uh, it'll be reinvigorate the story. Harrison Ford's in it again, reprising his role. So. Oh, yeah. That'll be great. Uh, I don't know if you saw the clip. Um, at Comic Con, when he was asked uh, about reprising these uh, roles and getting them up and going, did you yeah, see that? Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, um, we'll have to post it on our um, 
on our Facebook page so you guys can see that. Yeah. It's pretty good. If you don't know, look it up. Uh, it was a pretty good one-liner. The, the, guy's, the guy's an all-star. So yeah. I, I love him. Yeah. And then, so I think that's October. And then Thor, Ragnarok, Thor 3, comes out November 3rd. And that's going to be a sweet movie. But then I noticed that Justice League comes out November 17th, two weeks later. Not even two weeks later. And that's going to be the first time that there's been a Marvel-DC competition in the same month. So I'm really curious to see how that plans out. Well, they were supposed to have that, right? When yeah. Batman vs. Superman came out. But they, yeah. moved, they moved the date back about a year or something. No, they moved it up. Because oh, they were... They were supposed to go head-to-head with Civil War, Captain America Civil War, and then they moved up. Either Captain America pushed their date back or just Batman vs. Superman pushed their date up. So they came out a couple months apart instead. So so being the series being what they are, you know what they are, we, we both like them, we, we have great ups and great downs on what we think of them. Who do you think would win? I'm going to... I want Justice League to outperform, but I think Thor's going to outperform. I think for two reasons. One, because Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has a more established uh, fan base and more movies out. I mean, they got like 12 movies out. I don't know how many, but it seems like you know, there's... There's been two or three every year for quite some time. So they just have that more established base. Well, this, with Justice League, this is what? the This will be the fourth movie in the whole, this new storyline. And there's just this hate. There's just disapproval of, of DC. And I don't know if it's Zack Snyder related or what it is, but it's just, all you have to do is say, yeah, what did you, what did you think of Batman versus Superman? And their their most likely reaction is, oh, it sucked. They're not going to tell you how it sucked, or if the reason that it sucked is because it's going to be some minimal reason. There's not going to be any elaborate. They're not going to be able to say exactly why, but it all just sucked. That's always the response. Oh, it sucked. Okay, why did it suck? Well, they didn't even fight. Then they fought for like two minutes in the whole movie. It's like, no. Batman versus Superman started in the first ten minutes of the show when Superman and Zod were fighting and Bruce Wayne looked up in the sky and saw Superman and he's like, I don't like that guy. I'm going to take him down. He just ruined my whole business. He killed all my friends and employees. I'm going to take him down. That's when the fight started. So... You know, that's that's just kind of the attitude that people have towards DC right now. I think Justice League will change that. I think we'll start to see more positive reviews because of Wonder Woman. I think people can't complain about Wonder Woman. They can, but it doesn't hold any water. Yeah, Wonder Woman, I think, changed the face of what DC was doing. Not that they were doing anything bad. I loved their movies. I enjoyed them. I... I like them better than, than the Marvel, yeah. but I think it really got people on board. Almost like a lot of people wanted to jump on the bandwagon, and now they have a reason to, yeah. and they're going to. 
And for that reason, I think DC will win this one. I think it's something new. I think everybody yeah. sees that there's 12 movies, you know, like you said, like something like 12 movies of the other ones. Everyone's seen it. They know the storyline. They know the jokes. They know what's going to happen. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, I don't really know what's going to happen, but come on. I know what's going to happen. Right? DC, I have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah. Right? Who knows what will happen? First, you got Batman beating up Superman. Then you got something with, you know, the mother's name Martha. And then you got Wonder Woman with an amazing movie. And and now what? Now I get to see, you know, the Flash like I haven't seen him before. Yeah. Now I get to see Cyborg, Cyborg a, a character that that is big recently but doesn't have a big origin story. He's fairly new, too. Yeah. Aquaman, we're going to see Aquaman come out. I mean, these are new things. Like, they're old ideas, but this generation hasn't seen anything like that. Yeah. And I think that that's going to really resonate. And I, I, my, I'm putting my, my money on DC. I think that uh, that's going to win out. I sure hope so. I think, I think you bring up a good point where it's kind of Marvel fatigue. I mean, a lot of the Marvel movies are the same formula. You know, you know, they're like with Civil War, I, there was no suspense for me. No, I knew no one was going to die in that show, even though they were separated and fighting. I didn't even believe the reasons why they were fighting. It's like, there was no drama or conflict for me. And you know how Thor is going to play out. There's going to be, he gets kidnapped, he's going to escape with the Hulk, and then they're going to reunite with the Avengers. And that's the story. Nothing new. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it has to be. It is, yeah. And you know it's going to be that way. You don't know how. Yeah. You don't know. You know maybe there's some cool scenes, which, yeah. which, you know, there'll be cool scenes. There'll yeah. be some cool jokes. We'll laugh. We'll have fun. But at the end of the day, family's going to have Thanksgiving dinner and everything will be all right. There's <laughs> not going to be a problem. Right. It, we know what's going to happen. And, and that's great. I mean, we know that there's going to be a next movie. I mean, I've heard some rumors that we're going to start seeing deaths and stuff like that, and I'm sure there are, especially with Chris Evans only signing on for so many movies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But even then, we can expect when that's going to happen. Yeah. We know when that's going to happen. We yeah. know when this contract comes up. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, I hope Justice League outperforms. I mean, you got a whole new character that's, as far as I know, never been in on the movie screen before with Steppenwolf, the... Second hand, their second man to Dark Side, you know that's going to be something entirely new. So yeah, yeah, it'll be great. Um, I'll tell you the one movie I am looking forward to in in this series is Black Panther. That's probably the next one that I'm really like. Oh, I can't wait till that one comes out. Yeah, because it's new, right? Yeah, it's new. Like it's a character I don't know a whole lot about. I haven't read his story a million times and he's a newly introduced character and it'll be neat to watch yeah I agree alright so moving on we'll probably talk more about that as time goes on as well uh, book releases Brandon Sanderson's Word of Radiance comes out in November so you know that's a few months away but there is a midnight release party for that the same as all the other ones that he's he's done lately um so i'm we'll go to that we've been to all all of them i think maybe we missed one but it wasn't for a major book so but 
he's releasing book three of the Stormlight Archive from his Cosmere universe. And if you haven't read that series, the Stormlight Archive or the Mistborn series, that's definitely a series you need to check out. I mean, people that love Harry Potter, people that love Game of Thrones, uh, you should enjoy these type of, you know, these series, the Mistborn series and the words of Radiance, this new book. I mean, they're different flavors, definitely different. I mean, you're not going to get the the violence and the sex and, you know, the rawness of Game of Thrones in these books, but you're going to get the sense of adventure, the sweeping story, the multi-character storylines, and they're well-written like Game of Thrones is. So you're going to get that those aspects. Definitely worth checking out from Brandon Sanderson. Great books. Great. He's going to Comic-Con this year. Yeah. So you guys want to meet him. Comic-Con's the place. If you haven't met him and you want to, and you can't go to Comic-Con, I would definitely suggest going to the Midnight Release. Can't say enough about Brandon, uh, Brandon Sanderson. He is a great guy. He'll take a moment to talk with you, answer your questions. Uh, he talks to me and Justin every time. Uh, he knows Justin a little bit more than me just because just Justin's like seven feet tall, so he stands out. But it's uh, uh, definitely worth reading his books, definitely worth meeting this author. Yeah. So check out his his books at brandonsanderson.com and also his tour dates. I mean, he'll, he'll start here in Utah that first day, and then he's going to San Diego, I believe, and just kind of touring the country and then the world, basically. Every time there's a new release like the words of radiance on that scale is he pretty much tours the world for the next couple months so check out his schedule there and then one thing you you said that he'll be at comic-con as we forgot to bring it up earlier but the best lineup at salt lake comic-con are the authors oh hands down yeah the the authors are are an a plus in my when if I got a year better grade, I have to give it an A plus. Yeah. Just Brandon Sanderson alone brings it up to an A by himself, and then you know you throw in the other authors that are that are coming. Patrick Rothfuss. I, if you haven't read that series, that's a must read series. I couldn't put it down. I probably reread it like six times. Um, but uh, de- other good authors, plenty of plenty of authors there. If you like reading books, you want want a new series, go. Go to the panel. Just listen to these guys. Find them. Find their new books. Get their autographs. Uh, they These authors love to talk to you. I've met authors that are just kind of, oh, an, another fan. But these authors, they want to take their time. They want to get to know you. I, I, I've enjoyed it. They've I was a fan before, and they made me a lifelong fan just talking to these guys. Yeah, definitely worth it. All right. Um... I think that's all the book news. There's not much right now, anyway. Uh, we'll move on to talk about some movies that came out recently. The Dark Tower. We'll get into that in a minute. I'll save that for last. Uh, War for the Planet of the Apes. We brought that up in our last podcast that it was coming out that week. I did go see it with um, my family. And I thought it was a great end of the trilogy. Um, it's kind of the same type of story, man versus ape. Apes are trying to establish their independence, and they're one group's afraid of the other group. So a lot of similar elements that carry through to this movie. Um, 
the one disappointment that I had, well, I guess there's a couple, but the biggest one would be that they didn't bring any of the older characters back. You know, they, they established characters in the, the first movie, you know, his, his surrogate dad that was played by James Franco. I was hoping he'd make a reappearance. There was a mention of him, but, you know, he didn't show up. So I, I guess they explained away his absence by that he died by the simian flu or whatever it was. But I think it would have been a nice touch to have him be there in some form or another. And then the the guy from the, the second movie that helped him out, he him and his people didn't show up. So that was I think there was a missed opportunity there just to tie it all together. But they didn't introduce uh, a new character, Woody Harrelson's character. He was the the bad guy in the show. He didn't have a name. He was just called the Colonel. He was a military guy. And he had his own agenda. He was kind of one of those, you know, villains that they weren't bad for bad's sake. You know, a lot of villains are just evil because they want to be evil and it's cool, and they they get something out of it. And he wasn't that type of character. He had a he had a backstory. He had a reason for what he was doing. So I can appreciate that, and I respect that. That you know he has some depth to him. He's just not bad for for bad's sake. Um, there was a lot of conflict. Um, the the apes end up fleeing. They they start out at in the same place they were in the second movie, but then they end up taking off and looking for a better home. And then that's when they get tangled up with the colonel and that whole military group. And there's a lot of cool fight scenes and stuff like that, a lot of um, good character development on the ape side and the, the human side. The ending kind of... I understand why they did it, and I can appreciate why they did it, but it kind of limped. There wasn't... There was a big battle at the end, which you usually see, but it just kind of went away. Like, the movie just kind of slowly ended, which, on some level, I can appreciate, because there always has to be this big fight scene at the end, which they kind of did in the second one, where the main villain and the hero fight, and they just beat each other up, and then you think the villain's dead, but he comes back, and he almost kills the hero, and the hero kills him. But they didn't have that in this one. It was just kind of... It just kind of resolved itself. And I don't want to spoil it for you. It's only been out for a couple weeks. But but at the same time, I can appreciate they didn't do the, the normal Hollywood trope ending. So I have mixed feelings about it. But it was, like I said, it was a good end to the trilogy. Wrapped it up, and it was... It was a good movie. I will, I'll buy it when it comes out on iTunes and have the trilogy. So definitely worth seeing. I give it an A-. minus. So did it end in a way that everything is resolved, or did it end in a way where you're like, when's the next movie? When's the next reboot? Right. It ended. It's an ending. I mean, they could continue the story, but there's nothing left hanging saying, oh, what about this guy, or what about that? So, you know, is that going to come back? It would, you know, it, it wrapped up in a, in a way that if they never did another one, it's fine. That's the end of the story, so. Great. Well, I, I haven't seen it yet. Um, thanks, thanks for not ruining the ending. I definitely, it's on my to-do list. Uh, yeah. Well, a million other things. Yeah. Well, when you see it, we'll talk about it again. Get your thoughts, and then we could probably spoil it at that point. Because it would probably be a while. 
least a month. I think we need to establish a a spoiler time frame, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think um, maybe one or two weeks, maybe two weeks, I think is, is time enough for spoiler. I mean, this is a, I mean, we're here to talk about comic books, movies, things like that, and, uh, you know, we don't want to ruin it for anyone, but we want to talk about it. So I think I think two weeks is a, is a, is a pretty good length. What do you think? Yeah. Two weeks, the earliest, no more than a month, but it um, depends on the backlog. I think, like last, the last episode, we talked about a ton of movies, and we just, you know, spoiled the ending, but I think most of it had been out a couple months, so it didn't matter. But I think two weeks at, at the earliest, yeah, definitely. It just depends on the backlog of movies. If there's a good slew of movies that are coming out, we'll, we'll probably hold to the two weeks. But if there's not very many, I think, yeah, either way, two weeks. Sounds good. <laughs> two weeks it is, folks. Right. So you have two weeks to catch up on the movies or we will spoil it. Yeah, and we'll announce, hey, this, we're going to spoil the ending on this one, so you might want to skip or mute or whatever. So, uh, Next movie was Dunkirk. Not necessarily a comic book movie, or, but it is a Christopher Nolan movie, which he typically does, you know, sci-fi or, you know, Batman trilogy, Dark Knight trilogy. So I just want to talk a little bit about it. Um, I, overall, it was a good movie. Um, interesting movie. A different movie. had three different storylines. And it kind of gives you a hint at the beginning. And I wish I would have known what they were hinting at so I could have had organized it better as I was watching it. It probably took me a half hour, 45 minutes into the movie before I finally realized, oh, that's what they meant when they gave those hints. So there's three different storylines with three different timelines. One's, I think, an hour, one's a week, and one's a day. And so they keep, and they keep bouncing back in, you know, between storylines. And really the only clue that I picked up on that they were doing that was the characters. But towards the end they started to, the storyline started to converge. So it was, even then it was hard, but the only clue was the music. So you kind of listen to what the theme for that, that timeline was, that storyline. It was a little confusing at first, but then it got interesting. Like, you know, I'm gonna, you know, what's going on now? I need to figure it out. So it was an intriguing puzzle that I, an intriguing puzzle that I tried to figure out. Uh, there wasn't a lot of dialogue in this movie. Every word or every sentence spoken was intentional, and the silence was intentional. And the silence got a little distracting after a while because you're like waiting for them to okay say something. Like there's this one point where there. Are, kind of questioning this guy like you know if you don't say anything we know you're a traitor and he just sat there and didn't say anything for like 30 seconds you're like come on dude say something and he didn't so it was a little distracting at times but overall I thought it was a really well done movie now that's based off a true story is that right that's a real event yeah yeah World War II event Interesting. Yeah, I've heard a lot about it. Uh, a lot of people have been talking about it. Um, it. The reviews on it are great. That's why we've been sitting here. I've been looking at the reviews. The majority of them are very positive towards it. Some of them have addressed a couple things, like Justin said, about the silences. It, it's almost a little much. Like It gets to the point where you're like, okay, enough, enough with the silence. Yeah. But... Um, it's another movie I haven't seen uh, either, uh, but 
Um, it sounds great. It's definitely one that, that I need to see. Um, whether I go do it in theaters or wait for it to come out is, is up for debate. But, uh, it, you know, definitely seems to be worth people's time to go see. So Yeah. And I gave it a B plus, A minus. More probably just a B plus. So it's good. I'm glad I saw it in the theater. All right, then the final movie, Dark Tower, like I had said before. This is a controversial movie, a uh, much-anticipated movie for some time. It's been in development for, for a while. Uh, first, it was Ron Howard was going to direct it. Um, I think Matthew McConaughey has been attached to it for a while. Uh, and then when they announced that Idris Alba was going to be the, the gunslinger, there's a lot of there's an uproar about that because in the books and the comic books, he's a white guy, and obviously Eldris is, is black, so sort of you know, pushback there. That brings up a, a good point, and we don't really have to hash it out now. But the idea of the the whole PC culture of you know is it is it wrong if he, they leave him white or is it wrong if they change him to black? Yeah. Not that I care, but for me personally. I like, you know, if the character's written away, play him that way. I understand we want to involve everyone, and, you know, I'm not saying, we, you know, not to. What I am saying is, you know, a character was written a certain way. Is it so bad that they're played a certain way? Yeah. yeah that's a good argument. I mean, I see both sides. If it's just this generic dude that's, it could be black, white, gay, straight, male, female, whatever then I don't think it matters. But if you got someone like a uh, a gunslinger-type character, um, I don't think it really mattered in this movie, but if you have a main character that's white or black or Mexican or whatever, that's how it should be portrayed. Uh, I think the fault, I think because it comes across as, oh, we're going to fix this. Well, it was, it's been a best-selling series for years. Do we need to fix it? My response to that is, well, let's not fix it. Let's just create a new story with an African-American character. You know, let's write a story for them. You know, that's, I think that's the issue. Because they're kind of, if they change the character's race or ethnicity in the film as opposed to how it was initially created, it comes across as, um, comes across as pandering a little bit. But my response is, well, let's just create stories with African American characters. You know, let's let's do that, that because then, because there's a whole different dynamic to creating the story with a certain type of character. That if you just um, change the character's race in the middle of it, you're going to lose some of that natural um, story that comes along with having the different characters with different races. But I could be wrong. I mean, that's just my... At the end of the day, I don't really care, as long as it's a good story. But I, there do, And there does need to be some representation because the United States, you know, it's not just white dudes. Um, so we need to, to, to have rep- representation. I definitely agree with that. Okay, okay. well, you're not talking about Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll address that later. Uh, so Dark Tower... It ended up being a short movie. I think it was under, it was under two hours. I think it was an hour and 45 or so. So that was disappointing. And then 
it's the type of movie that includes all the characters, you know, all the the places, some of the events from the 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 main story in the comics and the the books, but then the story actually isn't the story in the comic and the books. <laughs> like the overall story is similar, but there's so much different that it's not similar. So it's like loosely based on the book. Very loosely, yeah. And so, for me, I was just happy to see those those characters and those places on screen. Because I think it's a great introduction. Like, what it did for me is, I've read, like, half the books. I've read some of the comics. But what it did for me is, like, oh, I'm going to go back and read. I'm going to, you know, because we saw the Dark Tower. We saw the Man in Black. I want to read about these guys now. So it excited me to go read these stories again. And I think that's kind of what they were going for, the the angle they were trying to take. But the problem is, if you have this well-established story that's been around for 30-plus years, and then you change it, you're going to piss off your hardcore fan base. And they're the ones that's kept it alive for the past 30 years. So you can't anger them, because they're your main money draw, right? If And there's it's, since it's been around for so long, a lot of people old young, teenage, they've all read these stories. And then to change it on them, you're just shooting yourself in the foot financially. Because that's what it comes down to. If they're going to make a sequel, right, that's all about the money. So, uh, as a... Why do you think they did that? I mean... I don't know. King's a great writer. Do you think... I mean, do you think he was like, yeah, okay. Do you think he's really okay with him changing like that? I've always wondered that about authors when these movies come out and it's nothing like like the book. Yeah. I don't think he was involved in the production of it. And I, I think I read something online that he, he saw it and he said he liked it. But it wasn't like, oh, I, I like this, I like that. It was just kind of a general, yeah, it was good type thing. Where he didn't want to tra- trash on it, but he didn't want to say it was the best thing ever so um, there has been an announcement that they're going to do a sequel but that's kind of suspect because how many times do they say that before the movie even comes out that, yeah we're going to do a sequel and then it doesn't do well and then all of a sudden next thing you know the whole series has been cancelled so well, th- and that's it we're going to maybe they plan a sequel but yeah. let's see you know if the first one doesn't pander out film's all about big money yep. and if you don't make big money you're not getting a second chance. And so, I mean, we see that all the time. But for an overall grade, what do you think? What, what would you give it as a, as a fan and someone that watched it, you know, liking the book, seeing it, the movie different? What, what did you give it? Yeah. So I gave it a B for two reasons. One, because like I said, you get to see all these characters and events, not necessarily events, but situations on screen, done in a, in a good manner. And then the story, even though it was completely different, it still was an entertaining story. There's a beginning, middle, and end to the story. So it held up. I think if you didn't know anything about the Dark Tower, you went and saw it, you'd be like, oh, that was good. So I I give it a B for those. And it, nothing higher because it didn't stick to the well-established, very well-established universe that's been already been created. It's been around for 30 years. Okay. So about, about a 75% right in there. Yeah. So, and, and I ask that because I'm always going to bring this up every time people get used to this. Rotten Tomatoes gave it 19%. Uh, users across, you know, so far, um, 
you know, users from IMDb, Google, all sorts of, you know, fans, real people, you and me going to movies, gave it a 78%. And uh, I'd just like to point that out that if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, don't expect them to give you a true version. Go see the movie. Yeah. If it interests you, go see it. I mean, you'll probably like it. But yeah, I think a 78, that's a good score. 78, 80. Yeah, definitely. So that's all the movies we have for this week. Um, is there anything else you want to bring up, Mark? Uh, no, you know, we, we've covered quite a bit. We'll continue covering more as, uh, as time goes on, you know, as movies come out. If there's something, anything that uh, you guys want us to talk about, listen. If you guys think that we're full of crap, let us know. Tell us. You know, we'd love to uh, engage and talk and and talk about what you guys like and uh, you know like I, we said last time if there's a movie that you want us to see let us know maybe we'll go see it and do a little review on it uh, we'll continue talking about Salt Lake Comic Con as it gets closer uh, and hopefully we can get uh, better things out of there And uh, but no you know we've covered quite a bit and we'll continue to cover more and more every every week yep so if Salt Lake Comic Con brings in Robert Downey Jr. Ben Affleck, what do you say to that? Oh, <laughs> I mean, obviously, right? In, <laughs> for Salt Lake Comic Con, that would be amazing. You just turned it a C into an A. Everyone's going. You're going to break your 127,000 people record. You'll probably be somewhere around 135 to 140, I bet. Yeah. People will come from out of state. They, they want to see those. One, because Robert Downing Jr. and Ben Affleck never show up anywhere almost and two they're huge stars right now they're they're the top of the game you got iron man and batman um it it would be amazing in the grand scheme of things if we put it up to uh, new york and san diego comic-con it's still lacking right let's get real i'll still go i i'll go i'll go even if they don't come right but uh you know one can only hope i'll cross my fingers and hope that that uh, that comes true yeah. All right. Yeah, that's wishful thinking, but it'd be great. So next week or next time, I should say, I mean, we want to do it next week, but we'll see in the next couple of weeks. I I hope we're gonna have a guest on our show. It's our first fan, first person to download and listen and get in touch with us and say, "Hey, I liked your podcast. Can I be on it?" <laughs> so I was like, "Sure, you're our first fan. Yeah, you're on." You're in. If you're our second fan, let us know. We'll fit you in. Yeah. There's the schedule. Yeah. If you're a second, third fan, we'll, we'll fit you in at some point, too. So email us. Hit us up on Twitter or Facebook. So uh, that's that's next week. And then if you want to get a hold of us in between shows or comment, give us feedback on shows, we definitely want feedback. Uh, we're still, like I said at the beginning, we're still trying to figure things out. We We enjoy this. We have a good time talking about these things. And we want to make it better for everybody. So, you know, give us feedback. Say, hey, you need to speak clearer, Justin. We just can't understand. You mumble too much or, you know, whatever it is. Or it's like, I really like your take on DC versus Marvel. You know, whatever it is, let us know. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Random Angst. Twitter, Twitter.com slash Random Angst. Uh, Random Angst.com, as well as this podcast, obviously, we're on iTunes. We're looking at getting on SoundCloud. 
So definitely hit us up. Let us know what's going on. Uh, if you want to call in or email, or we can call you, and you can ask questions or give your two cents on a movie or a book or a TV show, definitely we're open to that. We want to involve the audience, the community. We want to get you guys involved with us because that just makes you know more conversations. So it's not just our viewpoints the whole time. So that's what we're looking at. Any last-minute thoughts, Mark? basically cover it all definitely let us know and if you don't like what we're saying see, you know mark i think you're full of crap about salt lake comic con let me know you know I, I'd, I'd like to hear uh you know opposite opinions obviously so um we we enjoy the back and forth we enjoy talking about this we want to hear from fans we want to talk about what you want us to talk about so let us know and uh and we'll we'll get better at this and uh it'll be better for everyone so Definitely. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in and listening. Yep. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.